was like, where am I? He's like, you're at the Vic. He had, he had his eyes still closed. like, come on, can you open your eyes for me? He's like, oh, oh, boy, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, holy fuck, where am I? He's like, you're at the bar. I'm at the bar. What the fuck happened? You know? Oh, my God. We eventually got him up. We made him, like, chill on the floor for a while, but there's people coming in trying to order Moscow meals while he's just, like, laying there and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind the dead guy. Yeah. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. And the USA. USA. I got down to the Vic about what, like three forty, something like that. Yeah, we're hanging out and we're watching this guy. That was kind of kitty quarter, not too far down the road, you know, not down by Jensen Block or anything like that. And he's just like waving his arms, like stomping, stomping, jumping up and down, and like screaming and stomping and jumping up and down. And like, I mean, this went on for probably a straight five minutes. We're like, whoa, somebody's having a moment. Jesus. Then he crouches down and lights a fire. We thought he was just lighting all that dry brush and shit on fire. And it was, you know, just flaming the fuck up and then just casually walks away. We're like, okay. Fuck. <laughs> like, so, like, Ari, you should call the fire department, and I'm going to go try to put this out before the whole shelter belt catches on, you know, that whole... Yeah, the green belt green full belt. of home, homeless dudes. Get over there, and it's like a Jansport backpack, and I, you know, got the five-gallon bucket of water, dump that on it, and just a bunch of orange caps and hypodermic needles, like, come out of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> And Keeks was right behind me with like two pitchers of water, but I got it put out. Yeah. And then like the you know, fire department showed up later and just kind of cruised past it and stuff. But yeah. So that guy was like jumping up and down on a bag full of hypodermic needles. I think I, we watched somebody quitting heroin. Yeah, yeah. In, that's in what a, it sounds like. In a very like. expressive way. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Then light it on up fire. It's hard yeah. to do. And it was like fuck. kind of a raging. It's like, oh, fuck. You know, oh this is like four in the afternoon. Holy shit, dude. And then. What the fuck was he? Oh, and then, like, somebody from the Grandview come in and talk about, like, there had been, like, a hatchet attack somewhere over by Spooky's house. Like, several people attacked with a hatchet. What the fuck? It's, it's just, it's like some full moon shit. Yeah. You know, like, so I can't wait to see what today holds after we're done recording. Good Lord, dude. Go up on Aurora and get pitchforked by hookers or something, but I don't know. Yay. But, <laughs> so that's what I did yesterday. All right. That's interesting enough. Yeah. You know, you said you got that car mostly torn. Oh, out. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I just gotta pull the um, uh, the mounts apart. They're all loosened except for the back one. Okay, but uh, I just gotta pull. There's like a one bolt in each one. That I you know, yank and then just drop it, drop the whole. That's thing what out. I was gonna say. I, th- I figured those would be kind of hard to yeah squiggle sh- out, but nah, it'll be fine. You just put a put the jack under, jack it. under it. Yeah, mm-hmm. be, that that'll be like basically like where we start today. Cool. So that's where we yeah. that's what we have to look forward to. But before we do that, folks. Just startled the shit out of Will. Ah, welcome to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. Yes, this is our uh, 100th episode. One, oh, oh. Yep, special special edition. Special edition. Oh, we should crack our keystones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the same time. I don't don't know. Like, what did this start last summer? Like, about a year ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. This was the first year of the pandemic. I bought these in North Dakota to go fishing with. Wow, they're still cold. And I bought a 15-pack, because for some reason, that's what they came in. That's right. That's exactly how much I, it takes I to get sp- drunk. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I didn't drink any of them in North Dakota, so I'd been steadily, during the lockdown, been drinking them on the podcast and bitching about it loudly, as mm-hmm. most of you can remember. And they just never diminish in number. I'll, I'll open my fridge, and they spawn more, I think. So we're going to try to just actually kill them all off. There was there was four in my fridge now. Nice. After magic two magic years. beer. I feel like I should have drank them all by this point, but they are disgusting. Thanks so. for sharing. Yep. When, so we're when gonna I open my fridge. It just says something about gozers. So. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we're gonna enjoy our one two-year-old beer. Two, three. Oh! oh it just blew up in my fucking face. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Well, it's still carbonated. You, That's a good sign. 
if it wasn't carbonated, I'd be a little worried. Oh my god, it tastes like a high school party. Yeah, because it. Yep. <laughs> That's their marketing campaign. God damn it, fucking asshole! Ooh, I got a wet wipe. Nice. Oh, I got my pants. Thanks, Japanese restaurant. <laughs> that was eventful. Will's uh, Will's computer got a bit of it. Oh, your your shit's your computer's gonna be wasted. You won't be able nope. to pronounce anything. <laughs> nah, this shit's like two percent alcohol. <laughs> Oh man, uh, got a right. got a kind of a aluminum yeah aftertaste. Even though wasn't there a whole thing there's supposed to have a specially lined can? It's well, it's like plastic lined. Well, apparently it's lined with aluminum foil because it or <laughs> maybe we're drinking the dissolved liner at this oh, point. Oh, there you go. Gonna shit a green army man later. Just like every other Sunday. <laughs> well, but so I I got a sneaking suspicion what this one's gonna be. Yep, you. Got it, I think, unless you think it's going to be about, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse or fucking... Ooh, are we going to eventually do that one? <laughs> well, there's Cowboy Curtis, I guess. Yeah, so. fucking uh, the dude from The Matrix. The first black cowboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. If you smile a little more, <laughs> and I smile a little more, Today we will be tackling the greasy grass, greasy grass, also known as Tony. No, it's not known as Tony. No, what is it known as? It's known as the Little Bighorn. The little Bighorn. So, yeah, we've been beating around this particular bush for quite a quite some time, but now it's time to move on in there, diddle that clit, and get her going. Mm. So mm, that, that custer clit. <laughs> yep. A few things in there that look like custard. No. Oh. <laughs> Consult your physician. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what 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 have you learned so far about the who who are okay? Who are the oh, no. the uh, opposing parties? In I, this? I know it's. I was going to say who's the good guys and bad guys. That's really up for interpretation. Yeah, I know yeah. which team I'm going for. Sure, but, um, sure. Thinking some of the people that call us like soy cucks were probably not. I know it's it's Custer in the. Beatles. Seventh column? Fifth column? Seventh? Seventh calf. Seventh, seventh calf. Yes. Boom. All right. I learned something. Which actually, that's one of those things we saw at that antique store today. Uh, they have the old dress uh, cavalry helmets with the horse hair thing on that. And Ooh. it was, it did have the regimental seventh uh, crest on it. And you didn't get it? I didn't want to spend $275 oh, on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have just brought it. And we yeah. Then just return it. Except for they're going out of business on Tuesday. (laughs) Well, this really didn't fit. Uh, (laughs) Gonna wear it to my work party, wear it in my Zoom meetings. Um, So, yeah, it's it's the 7th Cavalry versus whom? Uh, Fuck, this this Keystone light has already fucked up my brain. Well, it's the plastic. It's the plastic. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Early onset Alzheimer's. Um, God damn it. God damn it. It's a famous... Native chief that we talked about. I'm just saying, what tribe? Give me, give me, give me some tribes. Oh my I, I, God. I know what it is. My brain's saying uh, Shoshone, but it's not. It's uh, Lakota. Uh, mm-hmm. Lakota and uh, Crow. Nope. No. I mean, there's there's Crow in there, but they're that's generally on the side of the cavalry. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Man, that's as far as I that's as far as I got. Northern Cheyenne and, Northern the, Cheyenne. and the Arapahoes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs you were trying to think of, which I'm kind of disappointed because it's like the easiest shit in the world, is Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse. Okay. Uh, Sitting Bull not being an actual combatant, but kind of being uh, integral to the the story. But, you know, Crazy Horse definitely very integral to the actual fighting. And then also there's guys like Gaul who are a little bit lesser known. and But we'll be deep the fuck diving into all that, so... Buckle up and let's let Will hit it with the uh, common sa- uh, common sense. Common sense. It's no, pretty common. Yeah, I almost said common sense. <laughs> let's hit it with the common sense. Not shouldn't be fighting Indians in Montana, dummy. <laughs> You're outnumbered ten to one. <laughs> also, that shit ain't yours. Hit us that lovely NPR voice. Uh, the departments of the Dakotas and the Platte had three thousand soldiers. Most were unemployed, 
And they used the army for a trip out west, then dessert to go mining or something or trapping or And they're anything. bad at that usually too. Yep. Go play whist. Well, usually just sell your rifle, your uniform, and yeah, go fucking play like Pharaoh and lose all your shit. And... <laughs> uh, pay was poor, $13 a month. Ooh. Harsh discipline and sheer boredom. Kind of like Amazon. This job has everything. <laughs> uh, the kind of hardliner Lakota off the reservation people were around 3,000. Um, about 800 of them were warriors. So you're looking at 3,000 versus 800, at least right now. Other ones were florists and landscapers mm-hmm. and uh, advertising execs. But the reservation Indians would go out in the summer and help them hunt and then go back in the winter to draw rations. Fucking snowbirding. Yep. But let's talk about Custer. Oh, let's. He led a charmed life uh, until a point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, until he didn't. (laughs) Uh, Often accused of recklessness and loved to charge. And it was called the boy general. Yep. The boy general? Well, yeah. He was like 22 when he got his brevet. Something like that. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Was was this like nepotism or they just didn't have anybody else? The fucking 1860s. So, I mean. Anybody who rides towards the enemy instead of running away like most people. Well, and. They promoted. The Civil War, the average soldier age, like, decreased significantly as the casualties mounted up, too. So, Mm -hmm. but he is a West Pointer anyway, so he was, you know, shitty West Pointer. Yeah, we'll find that out, too. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) He was commended on acting quickly and with confidence. Yay, employee of the month. And from the beginning, he never lacked confidence. Because he was loved and encouraged by his family, and so you see how that Tucker fucking gets you. Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the uh, that was on HBO? The Dale, the three wheeled car from the seventies. No, but I've heard the dollop episode about it. Oh yeah, the reporter that took down the the company is Tucker's dad. Wow. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> and especially with the trans thing. It, it gets yeah. real sticky. I imagine. Yep. Uh, he was born December 5th, 1839 in New Rumley, Ohio, mm. to Emmanuel and his new wife, Maria Kirkpatrick. What? Kirkpatrick. <laughs> See, this keystone's already... Yeah, I was going to say... I think the lead line can. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> I was like, that's Irish. That should be a slam dunk for you, man. Uh he was their first child of their second marriage. They both had, were on their second marriage. Uh, both spouses had died. Oh. And so. previously, two children had died at childhood. But his nickname was Audie from his toddler years, which was a mispronunciation of his own name, Armstrong. How? What? George Armstrong. Who, who is Audie? How did the fuck? It Say has Armstrong. Armstrong. Uh, yeah. Armstrong. Uh, you can't actually fuck that up unless there's <laughs> actually something developmentally wrong with. Right. It was faculties. probably his, probably his dad was just like fucking wasted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad was a staunch Jacksonian Democrat. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn it. They had four more children after George Armstrong. And the house was full of horseplay and practical jokes. Fucking animal house. Mm-hmm. Ouch, oh, my nuts. Later, later, literally, animal house. <laughs> uh, Dad was captain of the local militia, and Audie wore a homemade uniform and marched with the militia. Oh, for fuck's sake. Isn't sakes. that cute? Yeah, it's Jeez. like Ben Shapiro dressing up like fucking uh, <laughs> John Adams. Or <laughs> yeah, goose-stepping. Uh, Dad wanted him to be in the clergy. But like most young boys, Audie wanted to be a soldier. Yeah, because good shit. Mm-hmm. Come for the mistreatment, stay for the <laughs> right. Join the clergy. <laughs> I don't want to rape little kids. I want to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his family was far from well to do, though. Uh, his dad had a blacksmith shop, but sold that and bought a small farm when Audie was nine. Seems like kind of a downgrade. I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Unless he was just like a really shit blacksmith. It was like. Get the horseshoes to curve. They're all straight. <laughs> Just fucking making railroad smoke. Horse, horse skis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> New from Bronson Swagger. Horse skis. <laughs> <laughs> They'll need that in the, the Donner Party episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh, at age 12, went to live with an older sister in Michigan. Uh, went to the well-regarded Stebbins Academy for boys and mostly goofed off. You That's, goofing off at the Stebbins Academy? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
1855, at age 15, the academy closed, and he went back home to Ohio. Oh, no more goofing around. Got to go make horse skis. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> continued his education at a local school designed to train teachers. Then at age 16, he teaches at a town 75 miles away while still going to school. What the fuck? That's some Laura Ingalls Wilder shit, or at least like, televised. I'm, I'm one year older than you, yeah. and I'm teaching you. <laughs> Okay, I'm about two chapters ahead on the reading, so you better listen <laughs> up. <laughs> I know how to conjugate my vowels. Uh, then he started courting Molly Holland, whom her family he boarded with. Ooh la la. Oh, yeah. Basically his neighbor it's, that lives with him. It's a porno. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> my stepsister. Yeah, right. <laughs> Help me, I'm stuck in the dryer. Yeah. Stuck in the dryer. <laughs> What's the real thing? There's some shit going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't reach the sock at the very back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my butt's sticking out. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to go in the dryer butt first. Oh, that's how yeah. You know. That's how you don't get raped <laughs> by your stepson. God. <laughs> <laughs> that's at least how you don't get your butt raped. Uh, spring of 1856, Custer tried to get in at West Point. He wrote a local congressman, John Bingham, who had the power to make appointments. 5.30. Yep. <laughs> okay, a chiropractor, 5.30. Dentist, 6.30. Uh, Custer made his diehard Democratic uh, leanings clear to the Republican Bingham in his letter. yippee But Bingham was friends with Molly Holland's father, and Mr. Holland wanted to end the romance of his daughter to Custer. So he shot him. And got Bingham to accept him so he could be shipped off. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get him the fuck out of here. So he's failing upwards. At West Point, Custer earned record amounts of demerits. Yeah. That's good, right? It's mm-hmm. a record. Yeah. It's good. His golden curly hair earned him the nickname of Fanny. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny? Awesome. But he was popular in school, kind of walked the line of expulsion, and he would sneak away to the local bar at night. Oh, he's a bad boy. Ooh. Uh, he must have been popular with the ladies. You say bad boy, I say douchebag. <laughs> Fanny the bad boy. <laughs> he must have been getting some because he was later treated for gonorrhea at West yeah. Point. <laughs> uh, in 1860, cadets starting to leave West Point. Why do you think that was? I know. Coronavirus. Jesus. Civil War. Yeah, Civil War. Uh, especially if they're Southern. That was about half the class. Uh, Custer, as a staunch Democrat, sympathized with the South. And many were his friends. But because of the war, Custer graduated 13 months earlier, cramming a year's worth of learning into a month. I'm sure he took that real seriously. And And he, of course, graduated at the bottom of his class, and his worst grades were in cavalry tactics. Awesome. (laughs) When am I I ever going to use that? (laughs) Just running along, pulling a horse with its halter. Charge! You're on the horse the wrong way. The, The horse shoots, right? And then I... What? So the minigun drops out of the side here, yeah, right? <laughs> he holds the saber in his mouth. Uh, he was assigned to the 2nd Cavalry under General Irwin McDowell in Centerville, Virginia, which was next door to Bull Run, but he didn't see any action in that defeat. He was at the bar getting gonorrhea. Yep. But he took to war like duck to water. All right. Get some, Fanny. Get yeah, some. so he wants to see some action, but for the next year he doesn't really get much action. May 1862, he impressed George General McClellan, Little Mac, commander of the Potomac, who offered him a spot on his staff as aide-de-camp, which is aid. A fucking gopher. Yep. And an unpaid intern. And a brevet captain rank. But six months later, Little Mac was relieved of duty, so Custer was out a permanent position there. So oh, was, was, his, uh, was his actual nickname Little Mac, or are you just saying that? That's... Yeah, because he was a short dude. Really? Yep. That's crazy. I mean, that that's, wasn't his like name that, name, but that's what they call it. Right, know, right. Stonewall Jackson's first name was not fucking Stonewall. Yeah, I know. Really. I just I wasn't sure if Will was throwing that on there if that was well, what they called him because Little Mac was the guy from uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh, that's right. The yeah, player yeah. character. Fucking Glass Joe versus Little Mac. <laughs> Spent most of the winter back in Monroe, and there he meets Libby Bacon. And mm. began a courting. I love Libby Bacon. <laughs> I like Hempler's better. Mm. Good. Uh, Libby wasn't initially into it. 
Her father thought she could do much better. <laughs> but as soon as Fanny pulled that gun, she knew she had to say yes. Yeah. Uh, spring of 1863, he returns to the Army of the Potomac as a lieutenant and got hooked up with General Pleasanton in the cavalry. Pleasanton? Never heard of that guy. But Bet he was a peach. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a brevet brigadier general promotion. From fucking lieutenant? Yep. Wow, that's quite the fucking promotion. <laughs> Skip a few steps? Oh, just like all of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, he was leading the group from the, at, from the front of the charge. If and that's all it takes, like you're, you're fastest at the three-legged race, so yep. you get fucking, okay. So he was 23 at the time, so he was the youngest general they had. That's so fucked up. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Ooh, and you're an idiot, too. Yeah. You're the general. Fucking A. What could go wrong? Uh, Custer stopped a Jeb Stewart charge and held the field, gaining him much acclaim. He became famous in the papers, too. And then he gets married uh, to Libby in eight, uh, February 1864, who uh, Libby spends time with him out in the field, staying at Brigade Headquarters, which is kind of her thing. She likes to tag along. She yeah. almost tagged along with the uh, last expedition. Yep. Just always, I'm sure that was, everybody else loved that shit, too. I'm sitting here jerking off in my baker tent, and this asshole has his wife Yep, <laughs> in a feather bed. Then uh, Phil Sheridan got control of the cab, yes. and the S- Custer helped sack the Shenandoah Valley and got a brevet major general rank. God damn it. So that was kind of the thick of the fighting and chasing around Lee's army and kind of putting the nail in the coffin for the south in that area. But after the war, he spends the next year in Texas in Reconstruction. Oh, I'm sure he helped the fuck out of that reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mustered out at age 26, so now he has to decide what to do. But in July 1866, Congress made four more cavalry units for duty out west, and Custer was part in charge of the 7th. He was offered the 9th, but he turned it down. It was Buffalo Soldiers? Yep. Oh, good. Right. Oh, oh, Awesome. <laughs> Cool, my fucking old West Bingo card's almost full now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh yeah, well you, you're gonna you're gonna fill the entire thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there he got the reputation as the best Indian fighter because he was racist mm-hmm. and crazy. Uh, <sighs> though he only led the seventh and one other major battle, which is a Washita, which you know, battle. Yep, which we already covered. So go back and listen to that one if you want. But the press was in love with his buskins and long hair. His what? Buskins? Bucks, buckskins. Oh, buckskins. buckskins. I was like, is that like an old-timey term for his butt? Or yeah, like, right. Ooh, check out his buskins. Mmm, <laughs> firm like a pumpkin. <laughs> <sighs> Fanny Custer. Fanny Custer's buskins. Mmm. God, so, that sounds like some fucking strawberry shortcake. Totally. Like, Welcome to Buskins Land. <laughs> I'm, I'm Fanny Custer. Yeah, yeah, I'm Fanny Custer, and I'll show you to the end of the rainbow. <laughs> Where the demons live. Yeah. October 1866, he goes to Fort Riley, Kansas, to train oh, the new Seventh Cavalry. Fucking paradise that place is. Mm-hmm. Even today, it's mostly prairie and motor pools. Ugh. Back then, it wasn't motor pools. Yeah. Horse, horse pools. Mule, mule pools. Mule pools. <laughs> Uh, another guy to mention is Captain Frederick Benteen. Benteen. Mm-hmm. It was much better than Dentine. I was going to say. It's or like, Bacteen. He was five years older and cantankerous. He was under General James Wilson during the war, who was also rival of Custer's, and took an instant dislike to Custer. Because uh, he's smart. And since he was five years older, he thought he should be in charge. And he's in, probably not fucking wrong. Yep. Uh, Benteen liked whiskey. Mm. But didn't drink to excess like some of the other captains, like Keo. Well, that's awesome. He means he only had a one fifth per day. Yeah, just mm-hmm. you know the ration of like <laughs> gallon jug. Yeah, right. Uh, Keo was an Irish soldier of fortune. Uh, captain Thomas Weir was another imbiber, but nothing out of the ordinary. So, like you said, only one fifth a day. Yeah. You only go partially blind. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that when we die, there's going to be a planet for the French, a planet for the Chinese, and we'll all be a lot happier. Mr. Gumble, you're upsetting me. No, I'm not. Uh, early spring 1867, the 7th joined General Winfield Hancock's. Got to make sure I get that right. Mm-hmm. 1,400 troops, but it was an abject failure because you're taking 1,400 troops and 
just riding off and just hoping to find Indians and they just run away straight, from you? Straight fucking <laughs> uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Where'd they go? So this is when Custer leaves in mid-July, left command and booked back to Fort Riley to have a quote-unquote reunion with his wife. Yeah, and didn't he, he just kind of left too. He didn't like, as far as I could tell, doesn't really like, hey, I'm going to go on leave. It's just kind of like, peace. Like, peace out. Damn. He rode 57 hours straight and 150 miles. I didn't know they had meth back then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was court-martialed and found guilty on all but three charges. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say, like, should have got, like, dereliction of duty or fucking, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, like. Well, if you were, let's get it. If you're an enlisted man, if you're abandoned your post back then, they'd fucking shoot you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know, officers, you know, they're oh, a higher, higher, higher right, class right. of human. Right. They're, they're humans. They're humans. I guess I should they're said. not. They're not like the Apache kid. Or yeah, yeah. Or your normal soldier. So instead of getting the death penalty, he just got suspended without pay for a year. Oh wow! So he got off pretty easy, but he treated that year off like a vacation, visiting friends. Sure. Uh, mostly General Sheridan at Fort Leavenworth. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, Phil's just chilling, huh? Yep. The 7th was ordered after the Southern Cheyenne, who were raiding in Kansas. Uh, they were led by Major Joel Elliott, who was young and inexperienced, but well-liked by Custer and others. Well, if Custer likes him, what could be bad about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Jersey Shore cast being yeah. built <laughs> So General Phil Sheridan is now the new leader of the Department of the Missouri. And wanted to end the Cheyenne attacks. Hold on to your butts. Hey, look at there. There's, there's Phil. Look at the little, 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 little picture. There's, there's fucking old Fanny and, and Phil. Phil has a cool chair. Wow. Fanny has a normal chair. Who else? Uh, oh, there's Forsyth is one of these guys. And Merritt is one of the guys. And I don't know who Devin is. Hmm. You know, you can see they're strategizing real hard. That's not a staged photo at all. <laughs> no. It kind of looks like the, uh, what was it, when fucking Trump was like, look at all these documents I have, yeah, these yeah. piles of paper. Or like when Alex Jones is yeah, just Alex Jones like, reams of paper. Reams of papers everywhere. <laughs> Proof's all here, folks. It's all right here in these documents. <laughs> fucking frogs are gay. Which I will not read from. My neck is freakishly large. Yeah. So I swallowed an entire ham this afternoon. What is my problem? So that was 110 dead whiteies. Uh, so Sheridan asked for Custer to come back two months early. Meanwhile, Custer even asked John Jacob Astor for a job and was turned down. Fuck that shit. I've had enough incompetent assholes working for me over the years. You seem kind of Captain Thornish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now he's back with the army. Most of his men were happy to see him. Uh, Custer had wrangled his brother Tom to join the 7th. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sheridan's plan was a winter campaign and total war. Kind of like Sherman's March. Yeah. Well, where did you think you got the idea? So late November was the Washita massacre. Mm-hmm. So a war party's trail led to the village, which was enough proof for Custer, even though most of them were peaceful. Uh, the 7th surrounded the Cheyenne village, but it was too cold to scout further ahead, so they attacked at daybreak. If you remember this from mm-hmm. our episode, just a little short. When you said War Party, it just made me think of, like, Tony Stark. So, like, you got Iron Man, then you have War Machine. Then yeah. you should have, like, some, some fucking, another one named, like, War Party. War Party. And he's just, he's just doing... shoots confetti out of his fucking... <laughs> well, he's doing whippets and chugging <laughs> Keystone Light the whole time. <laughs> Woo! Let's fuck some shit up, man! <laughs> like, um, instead of the, the blaster noise, it's, like, just the party favor. <laughs> yeah. Show me your tits! <laughs> <laughs> So Custer leads the charge that morning, the 7th kind of firing indiscriminately. By mid-morning, the operation was kind of mopping up, but two developments caused alarm. Major Elliott went after some fleeing Cheyenne with 16 troopers and did not return. Yep. Whoops. Um, not the oldest trick in the fucking book. Nope. And then Lieutenant Godfrey rode ahead three miles and found a bigger villages and that they just attacked one of many, many. Oh, that's a good idea. Some of them are even Comanche, too, that they figured out later. Oh, no. You fucked up now. (laughs) Uh, While the warriors, maybe a thousand of them, were coming after him, no. Uh, Custer ordered the village burnt and the horses killed and sent some troopers to find Elliot to no avail. (laughs) Elliot. 
So Custer marched towards the other village towards evening. Kind of the show force kind of scattered him to Cheyenne. Then he doubled and back and ran. Uh, later they found out this was Black Kettle's camp, who was killed with his wife trying to escape early in the battle. Uh, Black Kettle remained friendly, though he was the victim of the Sand Creek Massacre. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's our old butter, butter, goblin buddy, Chivington. Chivington, yeah. Mm. Though it was true that the trail from the raiding Indians led back to Black Kettle's village. It was a peaceful one. Oh, man, they screwed him over. They're and, like, oh, we're just going to you know, backtrack a little bit and we'll send him over here. So. Oh, and, uh, basically Custer holds him off by taking hostages. That's oh, yeah. why they didn't attack. Oh, human shield. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. The army hailed it as a major triumph. Custer claimed 103 warrior deaths. Sure. So four, Which means there were 13. Four, 14, <laughs> 15. Uh, the Cheyenne said maybe 30 to 40 killed and half of them women and children. Of course. Uh, Custer himself did stop some shooting of women. Oh, how mag- some. magnanimous. And so it wasn't a 100% full Sand Creek. But stop it. You're wasting bullets. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, Benteen took Elliot's death personally. Personally, not personally. Drank a little bit more liquor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the same unit during the war. Uh, he accused Custer in the press of abandoning Elliot. Oh, accused him in the press. Mm-hmm. I thought you said and the press. And hey, Mr. Newspaper Guy, where the fuck were you when Elliot was out there getting destroyed? Uh, sir, I'm not a combatant. I'm a journalist. That doesn't fucking matter, you fucking sissy. Why are you dodging the question? Yeah. So that'll come into play later, that he abandons Elliot. Uh, 1873, Custer and the 7th were transferred to North Dakota. Yay! Fort Abraham Lincoln. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Uh, They go out to the Yellowstone for a railroad surveying expedition. Boy. August 4th, Custer was scouting ahead of the main column when they're decoyed into attack on the Yellowstone. Uh, Custer barely made it back to his line before shooting commenced, but it turned out to be a small skirmish. And another one a week later. But Sitting Bull watched that one, but didn't take part in it. So it's like from the, I think that's no, the one that, seats. Yeah, I think that's the one Crazy Horse did a, uh, what do they call that, a charge and just yeah. have him shoot at you and then run back. Wasn't that fucking bravery charge Rosebud thing too? Oh, when he just did it himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was a little earlier, but the Lakota were driven away by a cannon, and Custer didn't respect their fighting ability much because they didn't. <clears throat> Want to charge into a cannon? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But a year later, the uh, railroad goes bankrupt and it stops its rails at Bismarck. But in 1874, they have more trespassing to do. Oh, good. Because that's when he leads the expedition to the Black Hills. Oh, yes. Well, and inadvertently, this is kind of the setting the stage for his own demise. Mm -hmm. Uh, As pretense for war to eject the Lakota from the hills... The government said that they had to be inside the reservation by January 31st, 1876. Showing Tony pictures from the Time Life Old West series as we go. And I'm showing him a picture of the fucking, the actual wagon train going through the Black Hills. Oh, shit. Is that a photograph? Yeah. Holy shit. But long story short, they find gold there. Yeah, well, they... (laughs) A trumped-up gold strike in Dakota. Well, no, there's gold down there. You've heard of of Black Black Hills gold, but it's not like the fucking Comstock fucking load either. Right, right. It's a sizable load anyway. Yep. It's a big old, big old load. Tiny Tim would be proud. (laughs) So hot and heavy load. Uh, so the government says all the Indians have to be inside the reservation by January 31st. Fucking car out. Curfew. Which they knew that wasn't that possible because it was middle of winter and you're not going to be traveling during the middle of winter mm-hmm. though, up there. I also like how they had some kind of fucking hall monitor standing there in the middle of the winter. Mid-March is the attack by Crook on Old Bear Cheyenne Village. Uh, if you, uh, We did that on the before the Greasy Grouse episode. Okay. Uh, that's where they kind of stumble upon him in the middle of a snowstorm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. God, that would have been fucked. Uh, <laughs> that was Old Bear's Village. Uh, oh, that's when they had the Springfield trap trapdoor rifles? This, they, were, they always have the Well, they were like, they couldn't load them because they well, had socks on their fucking yeah, hands. Yeah, they were socks on their hands. Yeah. And yeah. God, that sounds fucking well, miserable. Well, didn't they march them for like, like way too long without sleep or warmth and yeah. their guys falling asleep? Didn't they're poking each other with bayonets to stay awake or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, the guy, and they got froze to the ground because their fucking blanket, oh, yeah. blankets were wet. Yeah. <laughs> well, they took off from Fetterman, which Jesus. is Fort Fetterman, which is by Douglas and Casper, uh, all the way to like the middle of Montana, oh. and marched. Good, good times. Mm-hmm. The Indian Den were only two, though, but the soldiers got most of the horses. But uh, of course, the Cheyenne get most of them back that night because they're not. That's exactly them. how it always works. <laughs> Every time. But the soldiers burned much of their supplies, which kind of screwed them. So they froze and traveled to Crazy Horse's village. Why didn't they burn the horses? They should have. Well, I mean, it'd be par for their fucking course. Yeah. Everything else is horrific, <laughs> they do. And it would make the camp smell great. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it just like, you know, a burning horse runs a few hundred yards, so you have like a cooked horse every... Oh, there you, know, you kind go. Kind of scattered out. Yeah. Around, you know, distributed. So they have to go to Crazy Horse's village. Uh, Crazy Horse didn't have enough to give them, so they go to Sitting Bull's village, and they have enough to feed them. But there, the Cheyenne and Lakota decide to band together, and they say, let's not fight with Whitey, but we'll support each other if we're attacked. So It seems like a reasonable response. way too reasonable. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're getting attacked a bunch, uh, you know. Let's help each other out. Let's help each other out. Let's not kick the hornet's nest, but let's, uh, yeah. Custer had a lively house, old, plenty of dances put on by Libby there for the officers' wives. Which, there's some pictures of that in here, and yeah. Also loved him some taxidermy. Oh, yeah. Even did it when he was in the field. He, did he do it himself? Sometimes, yeah. Or at least he'd prep the hides and stuff himself, you know, get them all scraped. Uh, 1875, Custer helps the three affiliated tribes make peace with the Lakota. Which is? Mm-hmm. Mandan, Hidatsa, and Adrikara. Adrikara. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, and then uh, later at the Standing Rock, the Russians were late. The Russians? Rations. Oh. Uh, so Sorry, Custer. got lost. Okay, when, when rations are always late, are they really late? Because they always seem to be late. Yeah. Yeah, they're, it's like the number eight bus in Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It has its own schedule. Yeah, which is mysterious, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I think it's a ghost bus. I've been on it, man. <laughs> Ten years ago tonight. <laughs> Mars, just Mars. like this. He sat in the back screaming screaming about his dick <laughs> the whole way up the hill. Oh, you have been on the eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Custer actually invites him up to Fort Lincoln for supplies, but fortunately cattle arrived at the last minute, so he actually didn't have to go. Cattle. <laughs> like cattle arrived. Hey, we heard somebody wanted to eat us. <laughs> Sorry we're late. It's shitty weather. It's like the uh, that book, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they roll out that fucking weird cow thing on a on a on a rolly deal, and they just like the the animal that they're about to cook has been bred to like want to be eat- yeah, eaten. Yeah, yeah. This is like, why don't you try my tender thigh? And they're like, <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable about this. Why? I love to be eaten. This is what I've been bred for. <laughs> well, have four rest steaks and hurry, please. Very wise choice, sir. Very good. I'll just nip off and shoot myself. <laughs> oh God. Don't worry, sir. I'll be very humane. Are you going to mention about Custer's, uh, before we get too far from them being out of Lincoln, you were talking about the parties and stuff they have, but do you tell them about the fucking plays he liked to be in? Oh, no, go ahead. He like, I don't know, it just bears mentioning that he also liked to be in theatrical productions. <laughs> and that one picture I showed you, there's a picture of him like dressed up, quote unquote, like a sous chief, uh-huh. which pretty much means he's just in buckskin and kind of some culturally appropriated stuff. With the wife of one of his friends, because they were putting on a play. That was his he, friend's wife? I yeah. thought that was his daughter or something. No, that's his friend's wife. And oh, there's shit. pictures of Libby, too. You know, you got to remember, they're still only in their 20s. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, you know, when you're not killing Indians and being a dick, you know, you go be D- in a, direct a play. HMS Pinafore or some <laughs> shit, you know, like. It's like fucking Joe, Joe Meek mm-hmm. from the, the 1950s Joe Meek. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, like, too, when Will was talking about, like, you know, riding and hunting and shit. Like, there was a couple times where they were supposed to be on a patrol and he'd just fucking get lost. He'd go hunting and get lost for a couple days. And just, his guys are like, fuck, we have no orders. We have no, what? Yeah, and some some of the guys are like, hope he fucking never comes back. And yeah, sure. You know, other guys, what are we going to do without our leader? Yeah, like, right. Is that the leader? He's off, like, shooting antelope and shit. And you guys are doing your job. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like golf trips, you know, golf junket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Custer actually writes an unpublished article early in 1876 calling not to exterminate the Native American. Wow, how magnanimous. But he was also in favor of opening the Black Hills for settlement, of course. But he wanted the uh, natives to settle down and farm, 
Uh, he did at one point. I.E.B. White. He he did at one point say too is like uh, something to the effect of you know if I were in their position I would hope I would do the same thing they do. So he's not. Oh, wow, he com- can actually put himself in their shoes. Yeah, he can actually reason somewhat, but it doesn't. O- it doesn't overcome his uh, arrogance and yeah. general d- dickishness. But yeah, at least he's not a complete like unself-aware. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, sure. So Custer didn't have much luck in business, though. He invested in a failed mine with John Jacob Astor, oh. so he was ten thousand dollars in debt. And general ships were hard to come by now that since no they weren't getting war. killed and yeah. there's no civil war. What do you mean I can't be 12 years old and be a major? <laughs> <laughs> Which means a lot of infighting between officers. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Fucking celebrity apprentice. Yeah. Well, I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked will be right back. From the makers of Bronson Swinger brand Turtle Wax comes Bronson Swinger brand Horse Wax. Is your Appaloosa all dull and gray? Spruce her up with Bronson Swinger brand Horse Wax. Fix that faded mane right up and make your horsey shine and look brand new. Anti-rust protection included. That's Bronson Swinger brand Horse Wax. Buy it today. Now available in Donkey. Custer was surrounded by friends at Fort Lincoln. Uh, Like we said, Brother Tom was just made captain. Brother-in-law Jimmy Calhoun was a lieutenant. His youngest brother, Boston, was there to be out west to cure his consumption. His first name was Boston? Yep. Yep. Boston Custer. Guess he was Definitely sounds like a fucking donut. I was going to say, yeah, it sounds like a cake or something. (laughs) But they were always playing practical jokes on each other. God damn it. With the, fuck off with the pl- practical jokes. There's like <laughs> dudes with gatling guns and shit out here and rattlesnakes. and It's, it's not time for horseplay, you fucking idiots. I drew a dick on his face while he's sleeping yeah. with my own shit. I drew a dick on this <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> uh, Custer's other officers didn't like him, though. <laughs> but most of the other officers was away, including Sturgis. Uh, he was away on, uh, actually, there was one away on detached service to help with the Centennial exhibi- Exhibition. Ooh. One Major Tilford was too fat and a drunk. Awesome. So he was stationed at desk duty at Fort Rice, which is just downriver from Fort Lincoln. Picturing, like, Baron Harkonnen sitting behind a fucking desk wearing a cavalry uniform. Swear to God, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen my saber? <laughs> Have you seen my saber? <laughs> it's a stab line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Major Reno was liked at first by Custer, but he began drinking lots after the death of his wife in 1874. Why? Well, he must have been a pleasure to be around. Uh, Just he... waving a pistol and a jug of whiskey in one hand. Martha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he took a year off before 1876 to be with his young son. He was so that's... whiskey. <laughs> Got to be a nice trip there. Just crying. I miss you, boy. We haven't spent enough time together anymore. You remind me of your mother. Uh, Captain Ben Teen was uh, Custer's main enemy. He was stationed at Fort Rice. Just picturing, like, everywhere Custer goes, Ben Teen's, like, leaning out from behind a tree, taking notes with a notepad. And <laughs> flipping them off. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Twirling his mustache, except for Ben Teen didn't have a mustache. Well, he did at first, and then, he, then later he didn't. Mm. Yeah, got scalped. Fell off, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Benteen was still bitter over the Washita. Damn it. He lost four out of five children before their first birthdays, though. Must have left them on the stove or something. Uh, Custer hated Benteen, too, so it was back and forth. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of Custer's men loved him, but also a lot hated him, too. The way I've always kind of, like, heard it and, like, interpreted it as, is guys that may have been around him in the Civil War kind of were into him and then there was the younger guys that had heard about the ooh he does this and he charges hard charges like and they were kind of like ooh kind of like hero struck and so it's like isn't it so cool how he just like backhanded Billy with his fucking gauntlets for you know touching his hair or whatever you know He's such a badass. It's like, oh, it's Todd. He came, you know. Oh, yeah. Know. No, it's, yeah, the authoritarian yeah. fucking love thing. But, like, a lot of the old grunts were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Because he was 
kind of relentless on everybody. You know, like, ah, we're going to travel all day and blah, blah, blah. But then, like I said, he'd go fuck off and go hunt antelope while he's making you force march 30 miles. Ugh. Uh... During that trip to the Black Hills in 1874, he ordered men out of the ambulance wagon to make room for his dogs, who had sore paws from the prickly pear. Yeah. That's another... I know we've mentioned it before, but yeah, he traveled with like a shitload of dogs and other animals. Well, yeah, we we talked about what? The, the pelican the on the pelican. last one, yeah. Well, and he had a wild cat. Well, and he always had a band with him, too. God damn. Well, man. here's the famous picture with the pelican and how many other dogs? At least three of the dogs. And then he's just like casually coming out of TP with a looks like a Spencer carving. It looks like uh, like he just got woken up or some shit. <laughs> Who's that fucker with the camera? You're yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. I'll take pictures of my dogs. I'm a fucking pelican. That's definitely some like trailer park shit right there. Yo. Uh, Custer and his wife Libby were devoted to each other. Ooh, gross. He would write her long letters anytime they were apart. I'm sure those were great to read. Mm-hmm. Bunch of Georgia O'Keeffe kind of Im- flowery, flowery <laughs> imagery. You know. Your perfumed petals will part when my saber is thrust. <laughs> oh, Custer, after the summer campaign, was going on a lecture tour for $1,000 a week. Fucking TED Talks. $1,000 a week? In- which would uh, cure his money problems, at least. Well, cure my fucking money problems. Jesus Christ. So General Sheridan made plans for a winter assault. Of course uh, he did. They had Gibbon from um, Fort Ellis going east. Every time. Montana. Every fucking time I hear Colonel Gibbon, I have to think of the primate. Yep. Mostly known for sweet. Just, in a fucking, just a screaming <laughs> ape. <laughs> in a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh, Crook would go from Fort Fetterman going north. Play some cards, catch some trout. Mm-hmm. And Custer from Fort Lincoln going west to converge on the Lakota and Powder River Territory. But the Dakota Territory was snowed in. So they would leave on April 5th instead of during the middle of winter. Fucking shocking. Oh, what? The Dakotas are snowed in? Never. Never. (laughs) But uh, Custer, during that time, was called back east to testify against Secretary of War Belknap for all the grifting and stuff like that. Because Custer tipped off a newspaper reporter about fraud and grift and implicated President uh, Grant's brother, Orville. Oh, gosh. Whistleblower. Mm Mm-hmm. So Custer was a staunch Democrat, and the Grad administration was Republican, of course. Mm-hmm. Custer might have written an uncredited article about the scandal for the New York Herald. Grad drinks a lot, and his brother's a piece of shit. <laughs> then he dines with the head of the hearings, a fellow Democrat. Uh, no conflict oh, man. Of mm-hmm. No, that's fine. Uh, at one luncheon in New York, he told the party he could, quote, whip all the Indians on the plains. Mm-hmm. Who, who have we heard say some shit like that before? In fact, I think the direct quote is like, give me 20 good men and I can ride through the oh, entire yeah. Cheyenne Nation. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, he's spouting some some good old chest, like Fetterman chestnuts. Fetterman shit, yeah. So President Grant is pissed at Custer for fingering his brother. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I see what you did there. Also, Belknap was pissed about his career being ruined. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, Custer at one time also put under the rest of the president's son, Fred Grant, at one time. Put him under arrest. I think he was drunk or something, so he put him under arrest. Citizens arrest. <laughs> I think. I mean, you basically could just do that when you're in the army at that point. Uh, so Custer was kicked out of his command of the Dakota column. Yeah, that's what you get. Fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. Just kind of set a burning bag of dog shit on your boss's doorstep. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so on his way back to uh, Fort Lincoln, he picks up his favorite nephew, Audie Reed, who was just 18. So we got another Audie. Yep. Uh, was he also Armstrong? Was he also a fanny? Nope. Or the, his name was Audie, but they'd mispronounce it Armstrong? <laughs> Probably. Uh, Custer begged Terry, Good God. General Terry, with tears in his eyes to be put in charge of the expedition again. Uh, Terry agrees because he didn't want to spend the summer on horseback. Watching Custer cry. Mm-hmm. So uh, President crying, Grant relents and agreed he could go along but not lead the whole Dakota column. Terry was supposed to do that, so Custer still gets to go, but he's not 100% in charge. Terry doesn't get to take the six-month-long vacation he had been planning on. Got use it or lose it days, man. But Custer told a friend he'd cut loose from Terry at the first possible chance. 
Wow, he's just saying I'm going to desert, basically. Or, oh, he's going to take his whole yeah. call. That's, I guess, it's not deserting if you bring the entire army with you. <laughs> <laughs> so they start to leave May 10th. Now, a little bit late if they wanted to attack during the winter, I guess. Well, unless they want to just wait, like on the outskirts of camp. like For months? Just do the Ace Ventura, only it's a buffalo suit, and you just <laughs> look at it with a spyglass spy out of its anus. <laughs> Uh, Bloody Knife was Custer's favorite scout. Yeah, because he has the most metal name. Fucking A. Mm-hmm. He did not back down from Custer, and Custer respected that. <laughs> uh, Bloody Knife was a Rickera who lived for a while with the Lakota, Hunk Papas. Uh, when Bloody Knife came to visit his father's people, he was stripped and humiliated. Uh, Sioux Raiders later killed two of his brothers. Uh, Bloody Knife led an army attachment to Gaul's camp and stabbed him with a bayonet and left him for dead. But Gaul survived. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gaul, Gaul kind of does some Liam Neeson shit. Uh, one of the interpreters along was Isaiah Dorman, who was a former slave and married to a Dakota woman. Uh, also along, Mark Kellogg was the sole newspaper man from the Bismarck uh, Tribune, I think. So only 30% of the 7th could claim that they fought Indians 10 years before at the... Washita, but and also the small skirmishes on the Yellowstone Railroad expedition there. But most were newish recruits with very little horsey or rifle training. Yay. And of course the horsies need training too. Kind of get used to rifle fire right. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun when you're trying to do a cavalry charge and the moment you buck off with your pistol you horse have a fuck, fucking twenty horse rodeo. Yeah. Oh, I used to have that. Print. That's pretty awesome. I do have this print. That's yeah. fucking incredible. Uh, I've seen the real one. Uh, we're referring to because I'm like casually leafing through this Time Life Old West book, but uh, we're ca- uh, we're referring to a painting of Custer's Last Stand that was uh, done by Ed- uh, Edgar Paxton or Paxson. It was painted in 1899, so that's what twenty some odd years mm-hmm. later. 23. But uh, they actually have the the real ones at the Wild Bill uh, Museum or Center for the West or whatever in Cody, Wyoming. And it's fucking big. It's like a like you know wall size cool. ordeal. So uh, seeing it, you know, my whole life having these little books when I was a kid, and then like you go and like look at this bugle guy. You know, he's the size of an M and M on the page. Yeah. But you get there and he's like you know. His head's like softball size on the Damn. actual canvas, and just the detail that's in it's pretty, pretty on point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. The training was mediocre, but so were the soldiers. Mediocre. Uh, they were described as the dregs of the Union and Confederate armies. Mm. Wow, <laughs> glowing endorsement. <laughs> or their recent immigrants. Uh, with the panic of '73, most joined up just to have a job and get fed. Damn. Also, uh, 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 Fanny Custer and the Dregs is a fucking cool band name. Yep. Uh, almost half of the seventh was immigrants, mostly so, from England and Germany. Well, there that can always be some little weird language barrier shit there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, most fled to the U.S. to avoid conscription and to the German army, which was <laughs> having fun attacking people back then. Yeah. What year was this? 1876. Yeah. Wow. So that's actually yeah, Germany not... had an army in seventy six. Was not the army I think you're thinking of. No, no, no. I know. I just <laughs> that's about when Germany came to be. Anyway, yeah. I was going to say because before it was Prussia, and, Prussia, yeah. Bavaria, and yeah, and most ten uh, percent enlisted under an alias too. So those are probably just common yeah. My criminals. name is Jan Janssen. <laughs> my name is uh, Private Jan Janssen. Ben Wobbles. I'm from uh, Nashville, Mississippi. C. Well, at least the officers had some. Uh, training there and some uh, experience at the Washita there. Yeah. But a lot of them love to drink. Um, That's an experience, too. Mm-hmm. So maybe they had a little PTSD, but, you know. Maybe. Or they were just bored. Despite all this, uh, only once before has the army been defeated, and that was just at the Fetterman fight. Mm-hmm. So well, defeated they have a pretty... By Native Americans. Yeah. So Reno and Ben Teen both hated Custer, but they also... Both hated each other. Yay! <laughs> it's a hate triangle. Mean girls are the seventh cab. <laughs> Benteen once slapped Reno and called him a some bitch. Oh fuck! And challenged him to a duel while drinking. Fuck. Uh, Reno declined though. Uh, Reno had met and courted his wife Mary Hannah Ross in 1862, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
He had swept the 18-year-old off her feet. With one swift kick. Yeah, he was sweep the leg. <laughs> but she died in 1874. From, from getting, getting swept. swept. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, Mary's health had been fragile since she gave birth. And then her head hit the floor after the leg sweep. We've covered this, dude. <laughs> so that's when uh, Reno was away guarding the railroad in, uh, at the Yellowstone. And then when she died. Guard this railroad. All of it? Yeah, all of it. So he couldn't leave until two months later. Uh, then he takes a year off to be with his young son there. And not be by the railroad. So Reno, Reno's parents had died when he was young, and he didn't keep in contact with his parents or his brothers and sisters. Well, his parents died when he was young. Oh. Well, they yeah. died mediums. They didn't have shit. Ouija boards back then. <laughs> Fuck, they didn't. Well, they didn't have the Milton Bradley ones. No. Yeah. But they had, like, you know, you could have somebody take a burn a lock of hair and light a candle. Actually, they would have been around the time when they were doing the fucking... Uh, or, ah, it's just before kind of the it's fucking right ectoplasms and the... Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because all that shit kind of kicked off with, uh, what's her name, Madame Blavatsky, You're which was like the late 1800s, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. right after the Civil War was the... Because people wanted to... Oh, so this... Yeah, this would be about the right time for... Mm-hmm. So he already had a dour personality. Probably didn't laugh at comedians. Dour. Yeah. Uh, and then he started drinking even more. But his Indian fighting was virtually nil. Oh, they're going to say, like, virtually flawless. I'm picturing some <laughs> flawless victory. Yeah, exactly. Whoopsie! <laughs> so now they're taking off, finally. Uh, at the Army's first camp away from Bismarck, they're paid their long overdue wages. Yeah, just as soon as you're as soon not as able they, to buy anything. <laughs> yep. It's like, you're, otherwise they would have spent it all at the bar. Well, a lot of times, too, you'll have, like, sutlers following the wagon train, too. It's, like, once again, like, when the cavalry moves out, it's not like the fucking movies where it's just a bunch of dickheads on horses with sabers and guns and, like, roughing it. It's, like, hundreds and hundreds of wagons and, like, herds of cattle and other unridden horses and mules with packs on them and, like I said, a fucking band. Half, you know, Yeah, are they, are they bringing their own, like... Like a a bunch of cooks and a bartender yeah, they, and all that shit. They don't shit. bring bartender because okay. they're technically not supposed to be drinking. But yeah, they have cooks. But it you know the food shit. Like when they're at Lincoln, I think it is in this book. They have like a bill from like a lieutenant of the shit he was buying from the sutler. I think it was at Fort Lincoln. It was either Fort Lincoln or Riley. And the guy's like just dumping like thirty bucks a month on cans of oysters and shit like that, like buying like luxury food. What the fuck? Well, I mean, that, as we pointed out, oysters for some reason yeah. keep showing up in the middle of the fucking prairie. And they, everybody seemed to like it. God, prairie, or, prairie or, oyster sounds like euphemism for something. <laughs> but while the army, whether this particular army, did bring a bunch of like shit with them, as you got to do, yeah. You know what they didn't bring? Matches. <laughs> What's that picture of? Oh, that's a. Is that what do they call this maximum gun? Gatling gun. Gatling gun? Whatever. Gatling gun. They left those at Fort Abraham Lincoln, which this picture I don't think is. It says a Dakota fort, but it doesn't look like any of the pictures I've ever seen. But yeah, so they had, I think, like six Gatling guns they could have brought with them. And they were like, it's just useless because by the time you set them up, you know, the Indians are gone. And also, as Will was saying, like even the basic rifle marksmanship sucked because they didn't have enough ammo. for, And there was no regimented like shooting training at that fucking point. Right, in right. fact, so, in fact, after Little Bighorn, that's when the army's like, "Yeah, we need to qualify with their rifles at least twice a year." <laughs> and the thing is, if you don't have enough ammo for your guys with single shot Springfield to shoot, you're sure as fuck not going to be loading up one of these pigs and cranking them out. No. You know, <laughs> shooting fucking watermelons and stuff. You know. So yeah, they decided to leave those behind, but they brought other shit. Cool. Uh, talking of bars, there's a whiskey uh, joint just across the Missouri from Fort Lincoln. But many a soldier had died swimming across the river to get to, back to barracks in <laughs> Swimming. <laughs> swimming across the Missouri, Missouri. fucking river. A- mm-hmm. After your fucking shit After shit-faced. your shit-faced on some kind of Tiswin swish bullshit. You know, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Dude. In the middle of the probably Dakota, f- like, autumn, you know. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Everything I mean, about- I'm a very strong swimmer, but fuck well, that. Well, here's the thing, though, is at certain times, like uh, just a few months ago, we were out very literally probably within a mile or two of where we just described because we were just north of where Fort Abraham Lincoln is on the Missouri. We were out on my brother-in-law's pontoon. And, you you know, they got sandbars in there. That's why the, the steamships had to grasshopper all the time. Right, right. 
And so, like, first of all, Travis did run us onto a sandbar, and we all had to jump off the pontoon and, like, rock the fucker to get it off. Because you can't see them. You know, right. the water... But, you know, some of them, you treat it like a beach or, like, a little island out there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we, go, we were on one, and shit, you were able to walk almost to the middle of the fucking river... You know, but you couldn't see it. It was like you were up to water in your ankles, and you're damn near in the middle of the river. Oh, damn. It was crazy. So, frankly, I mean, it's not inconceivable that at some times of year you could damn near walk across the whole river other than having to swim a few, you know, dozen feet. Right, right. But also, 1800s was not known for especially white people knowing how to swim particularly well. Yeah, most of them um, were afraid, afraid to touch water. Yeah, or just had never swam in it be- yeah, because of that fear, like you know, that's like uh, with the Astor expedition. That's why they went and got the Hawaiians. It's like, ooh, yeah, you can swim. Well, not in Oregon water. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Howie. Uh, two weeks of marching that took took them to the Little Missouri. That's where they hoped Sitting Bull would be. But of course, no sign of Indians. They didn't RSVP. Yeah, you can uh, open one hand. And- but they did see them 150 miles out, which I guess would still be in the. Badlands there. Yep. They saw him 150 miles out? Yeah, they. I mean, Eagle Eye. Like, oh, no, 150 miles from Fort Lincoln. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Which, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's like the furthest you can see is about three miles, dude. Yeah, like- but that that puts him, that puts him about, uh, give or take, uh, 20 miles east of Medora, where we did the Theodore yeah. Roosevelt yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, at least they know that they're being monitored because they're just kind of on the bluff Round looking at them. That's literally about where we go deer hunting. Uh, none of the commanders were worried about fighting the Sioux. They were more concerned about catching them before they scattered, but any hope of a quick victory was squelched. I like squelched. Mm-hmm. So now they would have to go further from Fort Lincoln, and longer they're going to be out. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Further away from that sweet, sweet whiskey. But unknown to General Terry, weeks earlier, 100 miles to the west, a small detachment of the Montana Column and Crow Scouts had found the main group of Sioux. So that's what, about Glendive? No, yeah. that's... Closer to Mile City, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Mile City. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Fuck you, Mile City. <laughs> and also Nelson Miles. <laughs> uh, so Gibbons and Charbs there. They <laughs> <laughs> can hear him coming from fucking two miles away. But it's cool because he can swing through the cottonwoods real fast. <laughs> uh, Gibbon was a war hero, having helped break Pickett's charge at Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. Pickett we know from? Wilson Pickett. Fuck you. Oh, the pig war. Pig oh, the pig war. war, yeah. Also, did you know that Getty in Japanese means diarrhea? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, due to an old injury, he was called no hip bone by Crow Scouts. It's just because, you know, Gibbons have really long arms and really short legs, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they had never seen that before and didn't know what to make of it. So the morning of May 16th, uh, Lieutenant James Bradley and 12 infantry troops, uh, 35 miles down the Rosebud Creek, spot a huge Lakota camp. Then he books it back to the Yellowstone to alert Gibbon. Because he has 12 troops. Mm -hmm. After learning this, Gibbon had his men cross the Yellowstone. (laughs) But the fast-flowing Yellowstone proved to be a problem. After an hour, only 10 horses crossed, and four of them drowned. Oh, bummer. So Gibbon canceled the attack. And another factor was seeing a Lakota party across the bluffs watching them, so that spoils the surprise there. <laughs> Just watching, like, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> fucking idiots. Stupid fucking white man. So the Lakota continue monitoring Gibbon, sometimes stealing horses, and also harassing hunting parties. And they killed and scalped three men. Oh, that's that, some serious I'd harassment. I'd call that harassment, yeah. <laughs> File a complaint. <laughs> uh, May 27th, Bradley came back to the camp and saw that the camp grew to almost 500 lodges. He came back to tell Gibbon. He was surprised that Gibbon gave him no response and didn't take any action, probably because he was outnumbered two to one. Yeah. Uh, he wrote to Terry, but only mentioned it as a P.S. P.S. There's oh, and by the here. way, <laughs> <laughs> and it was delivered a week later. God. So there's a lot of blame to go around on this thing. Yeah. Well, also, I, I just noticed I didn't see this before, but. Uh, Talking about on the way to, just gives you some insight into like what Custer's like thinking. On the way to Little Bighorn, Custer had his mind on richly dressed Indian maidens. When we get there, Custer reportedly jested, I'm going to find the girl with the most elk teeth on her dress and take her with me. What the fuck? <laughs> what? 
Did he want the <laughs> Did he want the dress or the girl? Up to interpretation. What the fuck? I don't know, but that's where his mind's at. You know, fucking not like we got to buckle down here. No, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like he's like what? No, I don't yeah, need a plan. Yeah, We're gonna yeah, win. They're yeah, not yeah. white. I'm just I'm gonna, just gonna take, grab a fucking their shit and grab the pretty prettiest girl with the most L teeth. What the fuck? It's like the uh, what was it? The Jesse James dime novel where he's like riding off on a horse with just a chick. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like sideways, like over over the you back know, of the horse. With as it. you do. Yeah. Caveman wedding, just bonk her on the head. Jesus. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Crook is heading north. June 11th, he reached Goose Creek and established a base there. Started playing cards immediately. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're there being harassed by some Sioux, but they still couldn't find the main village either. Uh, Gerard thought they were on the Rosebud, which turns out he was right. Good job, Gerard. God, I hate to say that name. It's so hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. It's like the word judicial. Uh, but they moved to the Little Bighorn June 15th. Uh, June 16th, two Cheyenne hunting parties found Crook's call. They went back with the news, and the Lakota slash Cheyenne decide to attack. Oh. So this oh. is Battle of Rosebud. Which we've covered, and that's what they called what? That's the battle where the, the sister saves, saves the, the brother. brother? Yep. Yeah. 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 Good job. shit. I just remember weird shit. Well, that's the bad one where, with names and dates. That's where Crazy Horse kind of got renowned for like acting like a general instead of just like yeah. a cool guy. Like I'm the coolest warrior. Right, it's right. Like, no, you bitches do this, and then you guys do this, yeah. and then you know delegation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and if uh, we're we're gonna break it off right here because we got a whole shitload more stuff to do. Yeah. So if uh, in the meantime you can go back and listen to the Battle of the Rose was Rosebud Battle of Rosebud before Greasy Grass before, before Greasy Grass. Grass. Yeah, and that's a two parter anyway. It's before and after Greasy Grass with the two episodes. You could literally spend what six or so hours of just build up to this and aftermath of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So totally. But uh, we will be back next week. But mm-hmm. until then, we're going to go out in a... Hail of Gunfire. Hail of Gunfire. Hail of Gunfire. Perfect. We did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs>